Everything I've been through makes me better than the last me. All up in fifth was spreading this truth of compassion. And whenever they ask him, I be, I be, I be praising. You just heard Praisin from the album The Intro by Denise LaShawn. Go check out Denise LaShawn's music on Spotify or any other music site. Hi, my name is Margaret, and you have ventured your way into the beautiful Collision podcast. I believe when the good and amazing, great parts of your life collide with the bad, messy, and hard parts of your life, they make you into the beautiful and amazing person that you are. On this podcast, you're going to hear stories of people from all walks of life, and my hope is that you resonate with some and embrace your own story. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Beautiful Collision Podcast. Again, I'm so excited that you are all here listening, and I have another wonderful guest today. Her name is Heather. Heather, say hi. Hi. <laughs> she waved to you guys, even though you can't see her. You. Um, I'm really excited for this conversation. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm so excited for you guys just to hear Heather and her heart. Um, I've been so just encouraged by her very recently in particular. And we will definitely, definitely talk about that. But Heather, why don't you introduce yourself real quick and tell people either like a fun fact about you and a little bit about you. Like, who is Heather? Hi, my name is Heather. I am um, 33. I am a missionary. I'm okay. headed to South Africa. Woo! <laughs> Yay. Um, I've been living in Houston almost six years. Okay. One fun fact about me, I'm double jointed, so I can do, I can almost step through my hands, which sounds kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, I almost want to demonstrate, but no. No one can see it. Now. I know, right? No one can see it. See it. But yeah, so uh, that's kind of one fun fact. I'm also left-handed, so creativity maybe lefty that's what they say right if yeah. you're like left-handed you're like more creative yeah okay well i'm right-handed so I, <laughs> so I guess i'm not more creative no they make they make a lot of jokes about us though so oh it's okay <laughs> well okay so i'm I, again i'm so excited for this conversation she mentioned that she's going to south africa and we're definitely going to get to that mm-hmm. but i want to go way back before the fact that you're going to south africa um and there's a lot of awesome talents that you have um, and one of them being y'all, she is a spoken word artist and she's great. I love her. So can you tell people like what peaked that or started that interest? How long have you been doing it? Um, I just went to a show of hers recently, like last weekend, last, last weekend or this week, yeah, this, this past week. week. Mm-hmm. And it was phenomenal. Thank you. Um, yeah. So tell us a little about how, about how you got started in that arena. Um, yeah, so I actually got started, um, I was dating a guy. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I was talking to a guy, very mild dating, not even really, and, um, he was a writer, and he would, uh, encourage me to write my last year of college, and I was not into it at all, and it's funny how God can just use the unexpected to just draw things out of you. Well, um, he who shall not be named decided to break up with me via a, like, I don't know, male kind of thing. Yeah, it was really bad. (laughs) And out of my anger, I decided to try it. I was like, I'm just going to write. And I just started writing everything I felt. I just, and it was so like, okay, God, what, 
okay, I started to enjoy it. And I somehow in the same kind of place, God started to put other poets in my eye, in my eye view. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackie Hill Perry, I would see her on YouTube. Yeah. And I'd be like, God, I want to do that. I, I I wonder if I can do that. I kind of, this kind of, I kind of like it, God. And yeah. then um, I would see other artists. And one day I just tried it and I started to recite before my old pastor. And he was like, I, that's pretty good. I like that. And I was like, really? Oh and people try to kind of in, try to inspire me. And I just kind of went with it. And after quite a few times, it, it became a repetition. And people was like, no, you should start performing. This is not just something, wow. some makeshift desire. Okay. This is something that God has actually put in you. And then I, I also would listen to pastors and I would try to start incorporating the word in it. And I, and I would see that God was using it and... The rest is kind of history. Okay, so for those, there's probably some people listening that doesn't, who do not know what spoken word okay. is. Can mm-hmm. you explain to them what that is? I feel like it is a very uh, cultural thing, and you know, yeah, sure. context. Yeah, yeah. So, well, how would you describe spoken word to someone that doesn't know what it is? Um, to someone who doesn't know what spoken word is, it's pretty much just animated poetry yeah um so it's reciting poetry i feel that people can receive the art better when they hear it as opposed to just read it and there's a little bit of passion and drama behind it Um, and technique technique you have to be able to have word there's some english allegories and uh metaphors (laughs) that definitely yeah that definitely needs to be like you know put in play but um that's pretty much it it's just poetry Mm -hmm. and you know yeah yeah it is definitely an art form because I can't do it. So, I mean, when she says, you know, I just started writing, I'm like, okay, when I just start writing, like, my thoughts and, my, you know, whatever, it does not turn into this beautiful sounding wordplay of words with metaphors and all the things. So, it is an art. So, she's being very humble, but it's you're Thank t- you. it's a talent. It's Thank a talent. you. I appreciate that. So how many years ago was this when you said? It's actually been 10. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. So this is my last year of college, which was 2009. Oh, wow. Aging yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, so that's awesome. And so you said, so people were like, okay, you should start doing this. You mm-hmm. should start performing. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about the first time you ever just, like, launched into a performance like this. Because, so I asked this because... I'm sure it's one thing to write these things and do these things. It's one thing to take something that's so personal to you and start mm-hmm. sharing it with the world. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? Was that hard? Was that easy? Was um, Yeah, it was absolutely hard. I think I'm trying to remember the first time I did it. I believe I was at church. Okay. I definitely probably read it and I definitely probably was super nervous. Um, if I remember vaguely, mm-hmm. I was at church and... Just behind the mic, super nervous, not knowing what people were going to think. And um, I think I just got up there and did it. But people just, you know, again, people just was like, Heather, that was that was good. Even if you messed up, just keep on going. Like, that was good. And then maybe just kind of, you know, after a couple of practices, it started getting a little bit more comfortable. But I'm still very nervous. I used to, like, not eat before I would get on stage. Really? <laughs> yeah, I would be, like, in, like shaky. It was, it was bad. <laughs> But I, yeah, I mean, I feel like that sometimes when you're nervous, you do better because yeah, when, no. when you, not that you're not confident in your craft, but I feel as though sometimes, I know for me, even when I do podcasts or when I speak, and I don't speak on a regular basis, so people don't think anything crazy, right. but um, it's, it's, I feel like the nerves is where I literally am able to just let God do whatever he's going to yeah, do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And absolutely. like, show out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so with the spoken word, she put on a show recently, and it was incredible. Um, what was what was it called? What was it for? What was it called? So the show is called Create and Go. Create and, and Go. Um, it was called Nokohama Kudala, which is uh, in Kosa. It means create and go. Okay. And that's a South African language. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what what um, what was the goal of the of the show Create and Go? Because you had a bunch of different artists there, mm-hmm. um, and then you were doing spoken word as well. Um, so the goal was really just to tell people um, about what I'm about to do, which is the mission to South Africa mm-hmm. to really min- show my heart to minister to teenage girls. Um, and so basically, I felt like the Lord was leading me to um, kind of put my testimony into spoken word. And yeah. so um, other artists, I just wanted to encourage, um, you know, also tell my vision, but also seek have listeners seek God as to where they belong in that story and so um, I believe that God has placed a passion in all of us and so you know we gotta kind of seek God and see like what is that what is God calling me to go do whether it's to go physically or go to my next door neighbor yeah and so the goal of it was just to encourage people to you know go do something yeah um yeah, that was pretty much the goal. Yeah, 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 and and it was um, also help. It also helped fundraise for your trip to South Africa. Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. We'll, and I'm gonna get to that. But some, there's something that happened. So she, in spoken word form, shared a lot of her story. You, you shared a lot of your story, mm-hmm. um, which was really really cool. Um, and I want to talk about one piece of that story. Okay. Okay. Um, and so one of the things that you talked about um, was this: your heart to pour into women mm-hmm. who have been in your same walk of life absolutely um, mm-hmm. or have gone through the same things you've gone through mm-hmm. um, and so and you just have a heart for that and God kind of gave you a and you talked a lot about purpose and mm-hmm. passion and mm-hmm. so my question really is for you is what what got you to that point of this just deep desire to pour into these women with the same can you share a little bit about your story that kind of got you to this point you can even share some of your spoken word if you want (laughs) yeah i was looking it up um so basically yeah um so growing up um and i said this in the poem my mother was an alcoholic um she just uh she's you know she tried her best to love me um, the way she could, and as I become older, I realized that as, as children, uh, we have to have grace on our parents because we expect them to be like, you know, kind of, hey, mom, you should do this, but we do have to have grace on our parents because they're not perfect. But my mom, she just, um, she just was very harsh verbally. I think she was verbally abused, and so she poured that into me. And so, um, growing up between thirteen and eighteen were probably some of the darkest years of my life. Yeah, and so. Um, I was just, I was overweight. So growing up, I was very overweight. And my mother kind of made comments about that a lot, which, you know, I looked up to my mom to be like my hero. And when she didn't do that, I think I felt like a failure as a yeah. person. And so for me, um, you know, just all through those years, it was like, God, why can't I please my mom? Why is she never happy with me? Um, and he's brought me through a forgiveness process for sure. Yeah. But I think, um, as I said in the poem, around um, 24, Uh, I I had already given my life to Christ probably around 19 and I felt that God was calling me to just, you know, pursue purpose. Hey, Heather, there's a purpose behind me saving you. I want you to do something. And when I began to, when that began to kind of be fleshed out, it, it, he started dealing with my heart of, 
you know, I, if I if I could do anything for free, I never want another person to feel like how I did. If I just could walk alongside them or just tell them you have worth or you're beautiful or something, that they would not feel like how I feel. That they would make a different choice. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, um, with that being said, I felt like God was like, yeah. That's it. Like, I'm in alignment with what I put in your heart. Yeah, I don't want any of my <laughs> children or right. people to ever feel that way. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and almost like, you know, God, that's why, you know, maybe someone didn't come alongside you, but I put put that in you for you to love on other girls like that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, through just like other people speaking encouragement into my life, speaking words of knowledge into my life, I feel like God confirmed that over yeah. the years. And so, that's kind of what... Um, what what it pretty much brought me to like yeah. it brought me to okay god i, I want to please you this is what i'm going to do um yeah, yeah so how how has that played out when it comes to and and maybe it's just in when you when people tell you things or you hear stories from other ladies and mm-hmm. they're going through you are able to encourage them but has that how has that played out to be to start walking okay god like if i could do anything for free i don't want women to feel this way what what tangibly have have you been pursuing to maybe do that? Is it you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I started a group actually okay. when I was um, in South Carolina, and um, I didn't uphold it long because I felt there were things that God still was teaching me yeah. about, like like he had to teach me how to be loved and how to love people before I could actually like, do it on a regular yeah. basis. But I started a small group with a couple of teenagers from my church and their friends, mm-hmm. and it was called Love You, and it stood for love. Um, Yahweh ourselves in the universe and basically um and I still actually want to continue it um yeah if he leads me to but um we 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 just met up and we just kind of talked a little bit about yeah. what love looks like. We all kind of met in my apartment. It was yeah. about ten girls. Oh, that's awesome! And we just kind of was meeting up every month and just kind of hanging out and talking. Um, and I think like. I can't remember if I started working. I'm not sure. But we kind of stopped for a bit. But I'm really hoping to pick that back up. That was probably about eight years ago, though. Okay. So it's been a while. But that dream is still very much so in my heart to be able to tangibly start that group back. Um, <clears throat> I also, once I moved to Houston, um, got kind of put me in a youth ministry position. Okay. And so I served as a youth minister for almost two years um, with a nonprofit, and I was able to kind of just closely work with more teenage girls and even just building relationships with one, just sitting down, having those conversations because it's like a domino effect. They're telling right. other people. And so um, I was honored to be able to do that. So those are yeah. just a few tangible things yeah. um, to start with. But. Remind me, what brought you to Houston? Wait, so are you from, you're from South Carolina? I'm from South Carolina originally. Okay. You uh-huh. know I was born in Charleston. I did not. <laughs> okay, I was born in Charleston, but I... Uh, Do you know anything about Charleston? I mean, I moved here when I was, like, between five, I think five or okay. seven or six. Uh, somewhere, know. somewhere, sometime very Big young. Chunk. Yeah, so I, I yeah. really uh, didn't uh, claim South Carolina that much. Because, <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, my whole life has been here. So, okay, but okay. I was born... So when people say something about South Carolina, I do, so when I was born in Charleston, oh. but... Okay, yeah. I only know uh, this part. Okay, okay. Okay, so you moved to Houston for... So I actually did domestic missions for two years. Okay. Um, I was in a missionary program, just kind of um, serving in Fifth Ward and Third Ward for the first two years. And so I got a job here, liked it, and I stayed. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. That is so cool. I did not know that. Yeah, the Lord brought me here in 2013. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I, I want to go. I'm kind of jumping all over the place. No, but, it's cool. Um, listeners, you'll you'll be okay. <laughs> um, so I want to go back to a little bit of your story that you kind of talked about a little bit. So mm-hmm. you said 19, mm-hmm. you met the Lord, mm-hmm. and you said 13 and 18 were the darkest years of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I think you know in that space, a lot of it you said had to do with just how you viewed yourself. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned um, how you basically, the Lord had to change how you viewed yourself and how, um, what you believed about yourself before mm-hmm. you could start pouring into other people. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit and why like that is, um, basically like why, why that is important for you to change how you think about yourself and, and to basically deal with certain things sometimes before you can, go in and point to others and then can you just talk about those dark years just a little bit and like like really how it god took you out of them yeah um okay that was a lot of i know no no it's cool i asked um, a million questions i don't know what happened but. no I'll, I'll try to follow it so um yeah you know basically um you know i believe in the wounded healer like i don't believe that i have to be perfect to yeah. try to import somebody but i feel there were just some foundational things that the yeah. lord needed to show me yeah before i just go in and like and so for me um he actually didn't start doing it it's around about 26 26 okay. so it wasn't like when i first got saved but once he moved me to houston and even in that mission program he started putting me around people who would like show me things about myself yeah and i would have to learn i didn't even know how to build basic relationships like just hi how are you yeah you know care for people and so in doing that he started showing me um the importance of vulnerability Mm -hmm. and then the importance of not that my worth is in vulnerability but you are able to really let people love you when you're vulnerable and when you're open and when you're and when that love comes and start you start to see yourself as worthy and you start to see yourself as like oh wait i have some value i have something to offer um and so he did that by placing me in a community of people who told me about myself to be honest with you um just like i remember thinking i remember i had a roommate and I thought that she was just so inconsiderate because she just would not wash her dishes. And I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> no, but some people, some people, I'm sure, can relate to that. Yeah, and I, but she, in her mind, and she told me this later on, she thought I was so inconsiderate because I would not, you know, I didn't really care about her perspective. And that's, unfortunately, that's the honest truth. At the time, I, I didn't. And she called me out on it. And I was like, I think you're inconsiderate. She's like, actually, you're inconsiderate. And I was like, wait, what? Um, And so that mindset really made me go, God, am I inconsiderate? God, am I this? And so beginning to ask myself those questions along with the help of some leaders, um, God began to show me, yes, you are, but this is what I want to do in it. And um, quite a bit of years of that, um, the Lord started to begin to like rebuild my identity. And it's still happening. I'm not going to sit up here and act like it's not. Like he's still... Um, is is bringing me to a place of like Heather. This is who I've called you to be. Yeah. Either you're gonna do it or you're not. And yeah. so, um, as far as those, well, I guess as far as those dark years, um, you know, just in a depth, I think, gosh, there's so much. Um, like from 13 to probably 18. I think 13 was probably the first time I got into pornography, which is like I hope that's not too deep. No, but, um, this is an open podcast. Okay. Yeah. But um, I think just uh. I think that really gave me a distorted view of like, you know, intimacy and sex. And so just like, that was probably the first time where I was like, okay, Lord, this is like, 
this is okay. Um, which led to other kind of sexual morality, which kind of led to just like, I don't know, I almost probably this sense of worthlessness, yeah. which would probably like was also, and I'm, I'm, I'm broken speaking because I really haven't thought that deep into it. But when I, well, let me pause you real quick. Okay. Would you say that a lot of these things that you were happening between 13 and 18 were to fill a void that you were not receiving like a love boy that you were not receiving that you, you like you said from your mother or from mm-hmm. other relationships yeah absolutely um and so that was that's kind of what i was going to say which yeah. is like so which was probably foundating on my mother's like verbal abuse so they definitely like void fillers which was like smoking wrong crowds it's a plethora of things um yeah. and so um you know, they definitely were fillers. And I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. I actually never met my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, you know, there's a sense of identity, I guess, that a father gives. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and just being able to name things, kind of like Adam. You know, he, yeah. he's he's the, the leader and, you know, he, he gives security. And so not having that, I think there was always this question of, well, God, why? Why right. am I not good enough? Um, why yeah. am I not this? And yeah. so... Um, I think all of that kind of mixed in together just kind of shaped that whole, those, those years, the whole season. And, um, just feeling like that, that void is not feeling. And at that time I wasn't a Christian, so I didn't know even that I needed a void field. Um, so yeah, that's probably it. Oh, and I guess you asked, um, ask, um, I just feel like, I guess it's important to like kind of have that. So you don't kind of pour, some of those deep broken areas into mm-hmm. someone else that you're ministering to. I just feel like the Lord needs to heal you. And also, you know, when you're building relationships with people, I feel that you need to know how to meet them where they are. And so if you have a bad attitude or something because you're, I don't know, because you're of anything in your past, you need to know how to like address situations with the person you're pouring into, you know, from a good perspective, from a foundation of love. Um, yeah. I just think it reminds me of the scripture, um, which is like, if you are a clingling symbol, like they're not going to listen to you. Like yeah. you want to do things on love in yeah. love. And so yeah. that's the answer to your question. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was a lot of questions. <laughs> that was a lot of answers. Yeah. And, um, I really liked what you said about um, how, or we just talked about how, you know, in those years we use a lot of, or when we are trying to feel something, mm-hmm. um, and or when we don't feel worthy or we don't feel loved, and I have a I've had a lot of guests talk about this on the podcast. So mm-hmm. we don't, when we don't feel loved or worthy, there's usually something else that we gravitate towards mm-hmm. to fill it, and yeah. it looks like a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's just as we keep pursuing those things, we realize a lot of those things just they they leave you empty. They mm-hmm. just are not. They satisfy for a minute. They right. satisfy for a portion, mm-hmm. and you're still just searching. Mm-hmm in so many different avenues for something to fill that love void. Sure. And even when you have great friends and great people in your life, they fail. I mean, they're human, mm-hmm. so they fail. Yeah. And they they still don't feel the void in the same way that I believe personally, and I know you believe Jesus did. Tell me about 19 when Jesus, like, wrecked your life. Like, what, what was that experience like? Um, <laughs> because... I, I mean, I can tell you my story as well, and I think I've shared it on the podcast a little bit, but what was that experience like for you, and why, like, why, just explain that to us. Um, sure, yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> basically, uh, 
I may have been in church four or five times, maybe six at the most in my entire life before then. So I didn't really know what the cross meant. I didn't know who Jesus was. Um, so I actually, I had a near-death experience, um, which really kind of awoke me. Um, I was in college, um, kind of in sin, kind of doing what I was doing. And um, the Lord really got my attention. Um, it kind of felt like I was just kind of having like a hallucination moment. And I know that sounds a little bit funny, but mm-hmm. um, it happened. And I remember just calling on the name of Jesus. And I was like, I don't never do this. Like, I never do this. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it seemed right at the time. Right. It seemed right at the time. And so I was calling on the name of Jesus. And I, I honestly was kind of freaking out a little bit. Um, actually blacked out for a bit and my friends was like, Heather, you're tripping. You're crazy. What's wrong with you? I'm taking you back to your dorm. And, um, they took me back to my dorm and I remember just kind of like, just kind of like, almost like when you, I was high. And so when you're high, it's like, it's like you're kind of spacey. Yeah. And so I remember just kind of having this kind of moment where I feel like I was talking to God out loud and no one else was around. And it was just like, okay, Lord, this is a little bit weird. Um, and I remember um, just ending up in a in a hospital, unfortunately, with a heart rate of 165. Yeah. And I should have died that night. And I knew that I didn't want to die and go to hell. I knew that I did not want to die without Christ. I knew that I something had was distinctively different, and something had happened in that moment when I was like smoking, when I was doing, what I was doing. I was like, okay, God. So just so happened at that time, there was a woman who lived in. Um, in my same city that I went to school in and she uh, was a Christian and I don't even know how I knew this. This had to be the work of the Holy Spirit because I did not know how to call her or to, to think, oh, let me call this woman for help. Yeah. And I did. And she was like, Heather, you have a testimony. And I remember being like, I don't know what that word means. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I know I, I, I need somebody, something to happen. And she was like, I was like, can I go to church with you? Like, please. And I'm thinking to myself, how did I even know these things? Like, how did I yeah. know this was the right way to be? And, um, she was like, yes. And I remember going to church that night and giving my life to Christ. And I was like, God, if you, if you save me, if you, if you get me out of this, Lord, I'll serve you. Um, I left a few things out cause I didn't want to be overly detailed, but I think, so one little part was that I was wandering around because I had been kind of high and, um, I remember standing in this place where it felt like I was at the crossroads. Literally, where it felt like it was hell on one side and heaven on the other side. And I remember running through these doors and I vandalized the doors I'm sorry, it's college. Yeah. Um, but the, the the police officer was follow, was following me. This is how I ended up in the hospital. And I literally thought they were like demons trying to drag me to hell. So it was crazy. Um, and I, it's it's a little bit freaky for a podcast. But at the end of the day, I remember telling God at that moment, like, Lord, if you get me out of this, if you if you mm-hmm. save me, I'll serve you. Yeah. And the Lord get, got me out of it. Yeah. And I ended up in the hospital. And from there on, he just... I, I, I knew I didn't want to be without him. And so he he led me to a church. He put people in my life and I, he started teaching me about his truths. And I was like, okay, God, this is it. And I knew that God was like, it's time for me to do what I call you to do. Yeah. And um, changing your heart, change your affections. And it's it's interesting and cool because all of that was just like the Lord awakening you. Like, I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm sure seeds were planted, but it wasn't necessarily like in a moment or um, like at an altar call, you know, know, something like that. It was just like the Lord one day awakened your heart and made you see the reality Mm -hmm. of who he is. And I I think that's really cool 
to hear that and then to see you now and just to see how it really has changed changed your affections. I didn't know you then, but yeah, to know yeah. who you are now and see that he has changed your affections to just want to do whatever he asks you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, you know, he does. God is just not a God that just like tells us to do a b- b- billion things, but he also loves us. Mm-hmm. And he filled those mm-hmm. voids that you had. I mean, obviously, I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. between 13 and 18, like yeah. refilling those voids yeah. in your life. Yeah. And like I said earlier, it's still a process. But yeah. he has definitely done like Yeah. If you talk to some people who knew me back then, they'll be like, Nah, she definitely ain't the same. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's so. good. And that's good. I love that you said it's a process. Mm-hmm. We don't just start to decide to give our lives to Jesus and basically surrender our lives to Jesus and then we're just perfect and sure, do all yeah. the things. But it's literally like I surrender because it's like I know that Jesus is better and I love him mm-hmm. and then I trust him to walk me through the rest of it. Yeah, excuse me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. That's awesome. Okay. So, um, I'm now finally going back to South Africa. Um, so you are going to South Africa in the next year yes. to go move there and live there and be a missionary there. Yes. Um, and this sentence is so wild. It's so wild. What specifically sparked your heart for South? Like what made you want to go to South Africa? Um, I hate to sound random, um, but South Ra- random's okay. Yeah. It's, it was pretty random. Um, so if I can backtrack just a bit, um, I had a, I met a girl who I was working with. She was from Kenya. Okay. And, um, I've been transparent, so I guess I'll continue that. So she actually looked just like me. Yeah. But her sentence to me was, you know, I'm not black. And I remember thinking, wait, what? <laughs> She's like, no. Mm-hmm. But she was African. Um, and so something in that sparked me, which was like, oh, man, I want to know more. At the same time, I had a roommate who had been, um, who had done a mission trip in Uganda. And God was kind of still validating desires in my heart. Like, traveling the world is not a bad thing. Like, that's okay, Heather. Because I think I thought it was like, no one can actually do this and, you you know, have a life. And so um, I just kind of took an interest in it. I was like, I would like to go to Africa. I would like to see these things. And so I ended up, um, there's a minister online that I follow. And her assistant does these trips. Um, give her a shout out. Her name is Juliet Bush, and it's Brave by Faith Travel. Okay. She does these amazing trips. And so I followed her, and um, she I noticed that she was going to Cape Town. I didn't care where I went. I just wanted to go to Africa. Yeah. And so I ended up um, just praying about it and uh, just honestly, I was like, I'm just going to do it. And so I ended up signing up and wow, we pray. I was very nervous. I was scared. Me and my friend was, I was like, am I doing this right? And they, honestly, Satan was trying to attack me too. Um, just kind of like, you know, making me think that this was not what God was calling me to do. And actually after I did it, um, the Lord started confirming that this was actually his idea, not mine. And I was like, wow, like, yeah. wow, God. Um, and so got there, you know, couple of months got there and um how long were you there for i was only there for about a week so it wasn't it was a short trip um but got there and just absolutely loved it and i was like and i really remember praying to the lord in like a little session was like god can i come back and i felt like this was like yes like and i was like okay god this is how many years ago was that this was actually just in um 18 so this was just last year okay yeah. And so then you were praying, I want to come back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't, I, I honestly, so, um, I knew that God was calling me to missions. I didn't kind of know when, I think I had been a little bit passive with it. And so at the beginning of 19, God started putting kind of a conviction in my heart of like, you know, Heather, 
you're going to have to stand before me one day and give an account to the things I've called you to do. Are you going to do them? You know what I'm saying? I was like, okay, Lord. So like, kind of like stop procrastinating. And so, um, it kind of put a little bit of heat under me of like, all right, let's do this. So I actually went to our pastor and was like, I feel God's calling me to do this. This is what I was. And he was like, okay, have you considered life year? So I went, you know, through the process and whatnot. And next thing I know, he actually told the church that I was going to South Africa. Oh, but you had <laughs> committed mentally. Um, not to South Africa. Okay. But once he told me, I once he told me, I was like, I'm cool. I can go back. And yeah. I was like, okay, God, I'm coming back. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, just kind of worked all together on yeah. its own. I didn't even do anything. So yeah. he went ahead and told him and I was like, yes. He kind of, I mean, he didn't like say, oh, Heather's going, but I think he just kind of made an announcement when he was sharing about some of our processes. Um, but the rest is pretty much history. I started working with them and now um, we're finalizing churches and just Planning to go, Lord willing, the next six months. So. Next six months. Yeah. So have you, you've never, have you, you've been out of the country before. Mm-hmm. Which is one, okay. Well, obviously, because you went to South Africa that right. one time before. Um, but now you're going to go live. Uh-huh. What are you most excited about and what are you most nervous about? Um, <laughs> I'm probably most excited about just the... The, the the beautiful culture like I really want to like I love the way it looks it's so pretty I really want to meet people yeah and like get to know it um this is gonna sound weird but I'm probably most nervous about the culture yeah. <laughs> because I'm like oh my gosh is it is it am I gonna fit in am I gonna be able to adapt to the language will I make friends so I think it's kind of a dichotomy but it's this yeah I'm nervous about both as I'm excited yeah. as well I mean that is nerve-wracking I uh, went and lived um in Uganda, I was telling you that mm-hmm. after college for a year. Um, so, granted, granted, caveat: my parents are from Uganda, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of buffer in there. But I was born and raised here, um, so I've never lived in Uganda. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so there is a culture because though I know Ugandan culture because c- of my home, mm-hmm. um, I also was raised in. Um, American, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cold. I was raised here, so mm-hmm. I. This is what I know. This is how I know to live. Mm-hmm. So uh, going there for a year was very interesting because it, it was very different. I I didn't. There are just so many nuances mm-hmm. um, when it comes to just even lifestyle, even basic things mm-hmm. that were different that I had to get used to. Um, but it's something that was really cool because when you talked about just I love culture too, mm-hmm. not even just my own, but all kinds of cultures. I love learning them, and I think the biggest thing I learned from living overseas, um, is that there's just a part of God that you miss when you don't embrace culture and Mm. diversity. Like, there's just a part of God. And that God is in every culture. I I saw a quote the other day. It's, you know, God did not save us from our different cultures. Mm. Like, when he saved us, when he, um, he, he, he saved us to basically be better in our own culture. I just love learning different... That's cool. Yeah. That's I, really cool. I love learning different cultures because I was like, there's aspects of God that I feel like I see at a greater capacity mm. um, that different cultures do well better than my own, you right. know? Yeah, and so, for sure. Um, I just... Anyways, I think this... You're going to love it. You're going to have a good time. <laughs> I hope so. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. Awesome. Okay. So... How can I'm gonna plug you? Oh Lord! Um, how can people support you? Because she is raising support right now for this trip. 
Um, so they can hit me up on IG. Is, is that okay? Yes, IG. So okay. give them your IG. Hand. So my IG is this is Heather Renee. Um, it's all one word, mm-hmm. no spaces. R E N E E. Okay. So yeah, hit me up on there. I would love to sit down and have a conversation with people and tell them more about the mission, the uh, ministry, and how uh-huh. they can support um, mm-hmm. either newsletter, networking, financially prayer um all of that is needed so, yes, yes yes and she's great and you would love to especially being in houston we're in houston clearly but you would love to sit down and have a conversation with her because um just to hear this girl's heart which I've, you've already heard some of it today is incredible and what she does and she may even do a little spoken word for you <laughs> um, you said that twice i could do something yeah um, so actually yeah heather you want to just give us a little something so people can hear sure um so I can do I can do a little bit of um, I can do a little bit of the one I did on Thursday I guess yeah you can do whatever whatever you want you could do one you did you could do part of the one you did on Thursday which was part of her story you just feel led to do a, another snippet of another one and encourage people sure um, so part of my story um, as I've told most people is just growing up feeling like. Um, I didn't have any worth and value. Like I just didn't know anything. And so I can do a little piece of that. But I also want to encourage people to just do what God is calling you to do. Like there is a vision that he's put in all of you all. And I have a poem called Write the Vision. So I may do a little bit of that. I'll check the time. But here it is. Um, I was a girl who grew up in a world not knowing that she was accepted, but the deceptiveness of misplaced acceptance made me crave correction from people who weren't directing me anywhere. Mom's verbal abuse pounded hard on the door of my identity. I shrugged at the idea of love because growing up I wasn't given many hugs. I felt like these pudges weren't suitable enough because dad's absence and mom's occasional coherence due to alcoholism. I wore orphanage like a necklace and on it was a locket made of pure hopelessness filled with the memories of an inability to build relationships along with a couple of suicidal attempts. And I would be a mist. To leave out the time I tried cutting and the self-worthlessness. But thank goodness that at 19, Jesus came a-knocking to that tight, bolted, identity-stripped door. His love and grace started to encapsulate. And it took me to a place where finally knowing who I am didn't seem so far away. Um, so that's just a little snippet. <laughs> this girl, I'm telling you, she's... Oh my gosh, she um, Yes. That was a snippet. I hope it wasn't too fast. I was a little nervous. Um, but uh, the other part, real quick, if I can remember it, um, remember is it. just encouraging you guys um, just to do what God has called you to do. Um, like I said, he's placed a vision in each and every person. And so um, I really believe that he wants to fulfill that, taking what you love to what the world needs. And so... Um, Let me see if I can remember a piece of it. Um, God says, write the vision, make it plain. But can I please remind you that people don't read your brain? Your slowful procrastination causes death to the USA because no one actually wants to write it out. God says, if you write it, then they'll read it. But we're too busy living defeated because we don't even seem to believe it when God says, I have good thoughts towards you. You're the apple of my eye. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, but you're too busy focused on I. I think I want, I feel. I can't possibly help you because I'm too concerned with me. But the image me needs to turn to we because technically if we belong to God we're part of his body I mean aren't we the body joined packed fitly together at that which every joint supplies supply provide furnish make provision for I think that means you need to pin your vision more 
So that's just a little piece of it. Um, See, if you want to hear more, you need to follow her. Yeah. Or you need to call, talk, give her whatever you, or yeah. you need to book her. <laughs> yeah, book me. Book her at your show. She'll definitely be in the U.S. pretty much probably to at least October to December. So, yeah. um, so I am still performing. Yes. I, I perform with an organization called GoBU.TV. We perform probably every other month. And so if you want to check out Creative Liturgy, please come through. It's mm-hmm. a great show. Um, I love the artists. I'm honored to be a part of it. Um, again, hit me up on IG. Uh, my IG is this is Heather Renee. Um, all one word, R-E-N-E-E. Thank you, guys. Oh, yay. Okay. So <laughs> before we completely go, oh, my gosh. So, and no one has ever done any sort of rapping scene spoken word spoken word on my podcast yet. So you are the first. Honor. So Thank you, you get that first person plaque. Okay. So I asked my guests two questions at the end of each episode. Okay. So the first one is, if you could go to lunch with anybody, mm-hmm. dead or alive, okay. who would it be and why? I always say that because it's nothing all of your life. Uh, dead or alive is funny. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm sure, actually, so for me, and I think I told you this, um, it would probably be some of my just ancestors, so probably, like, great-great-great-great-grandparents. Um, I would just love to know, like, culturally, um, you know, how they lived, where I'm from, just to just kind of glean from their wisdom. Um, yeah. Like, I've, someone heard, sorry, someone said one time, that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And so I want to be able to, like, glean wisdom from people who just know more than me. And yeah. so um, and who lived... Right. Had to live a life very differently than we're living. Right, right. So if they could just tell me things, I could learn tribal things, um, you know, that would be awesome. So, yeah. yeah, Okay, that's good. (laughs) I know. Um, Okay, so the next question I, well, it's not really a question. So I always ask my guests to encourage someone. I'm Mm -hmm. all about encouragement. And so I ask them to encourage someone on the podcast as if they were sitting right in front of them. Okay. And so you're going to say that person's name. Oh. oh, okay. You're going to pick one particular person. Oh, so one person. Got one it. particular person. Just whoever comes to mind. I know you could probably encourage the world. Okay. But just whoever <laughs> comes to mind. Okay. And you're going to say their name, or if it's a very detailed encouragement, you don't want to say their name, that's fine. But you're going to encourage them as if they're sitting right in front of you. So the example would be, if it's, you know, let's say, like, someone's mom, they would say, mm-hmm. mom, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, go ahead. Okay. Um... Okay, I'm just going to choose somebody, one of my friends or something. I'm going to choose Beth. I don't know why, but I just feel like Beth. (laughs) So I would just say, um, you know, Beth, just remember that you are exactly who God created you to be. Um, If you just continue to keep him at the forefront, like you are not a mistake. You are exactly where he wants you to be. And so just remember that when you begin to face challenges, when you begin to feel like you don't have any worth of value or you just just a bad day, just remember that right where you are is right where you're supposed to be as long as you keep your eye on him. Um, and so he will guide and direct your path. He will direct your steps and he loves you and he has a plan for your life. So that's kind of my encouragement for you. Yeah, Beth. I know Beth, y'all. So I'm always like, hey, Beth. Hey, Beth. I you're listening to this. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, Heather. This has been so great. Thank and you for having I'm me. I'm sure people are seriously going to love you. And I'm sure people are going to hit you up um, by listening to this. So, okay, everyone. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>